how would you know if you like uh, if you like carrots if you've never tasted one? <laughs> yeah, you don't right? you don't go and buy ten kilograms of carrots assuming yeah. that you like them. You first try one, and if you like it, you buy ten kilos of it. If you don't like it, you don't buy anything of it. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. That is edmfoundations.com. In this episode, you're going to hear from Joey Suki, someone who reached the heights of success in the music industry, burned out completely, and went through a process of self-discovery and reflection to figure out where to go next. This is not an episode that will help you be a better producer. We do not dive into technical things, but it will help you think about key decisions you'll have to make in your career at some point. So learn from Joey's mistakes and be careful. Here are three things you'll learn in this episode. Number one, why the touring life isn't for everyone. Number two, how to deal with extreme burnout. And finally, why you need to know who you are before doing what you want to do. Now this is a different format than usual, I'm just experimenting. Uh, let me know what you think after listening by tweeting me at edmprod or commenting on the episode. Let's go. The most of you will know me as uh, Joey Suki, that my, was my artist name. Notice that Joey says that this was his artist name. You'll find out why he used that word was instead of is. But before that, listen to how he made his mark in the industry. Um, I, I've been a DJ and an international uh, producer and DJ for about 10 years. Uh, started off as a, yeah, as a simple wedding DJ and uh, yeah, child parties, you know, like playing small little parties at home with people and I brought my own gear as well. I bought my own lights, bought my own speakers, um, lend a lot of stuff with, with other people just to make sure I had all the material to play. Um, from there, uh, I just got asked to do... Um, a gig in my hometown at a bar and um yeah i just really i just really liked it they liked it as well and i was i think it, i was 16 years old i wasn't even uh, actually allowed to uh, to be in there but uh i already got to play there so that was nice after winning the dj contest joey got asked to play at the most famous club in his town here's how he describes it Packed venue, uh, and I was standing there like maybe 17 years old sweaty hands uh, shaking but yeah, it was really crazy, and uh, I actually ended up uh, playing there for about two years, three years, and that was the place for me where I actually learned how to DJ. So I had to mix in like R&B to dance, dance to hip hop, hip hop to reggaeton, reggaeton to yeah, like it went from from left to right. He's DJing often, working on his craft, but how does he get into music production? My nephew was making music at the time. I just heard him doing it, and I was like, yeah, I want to do this as well. And my nephew helped me with it. So when I 
couldn't get out of some uh, a, pr a problem that I was having at the moment with producing. I just called my nephew. It's like, hey, uh, this is thing I can't work out. Like, can you help me with this? It sounds like this sped up the process. And within the first year, I actually had my first release. But how much how much time were you spending on music production, like during the week? Full time. I was at the point where I just left uh, high school. But I just didn't know what to do because I wasn't sure what I really liked. Do uh, like a management tourism uh, kind of school for three months, but I just really, really didn't like it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, was, I didn't have any school, so I was free, completely free uh, during the week, except for the weekends. Uh, so I, I've just spent all my time making music. And that was actually from nine o'clock in the morning till six, seven o'clock in the evening. And then I found out there was a really uh, famous and good music school here in my hometown, which is called Rock Academy. Uh, Hardwell was, was on that school as well. Frankie Rosado was on that school as well, and a few other guys from Holland. First year, I got rejected. And the second year, I actually got into it, um, got into the school. Joey told me that he quit Rock Academy after one year. It was early days, and the school just wasn't that great yet. It had a few bugs, as Joey said. But that's not the only reason he quit. Uh, but during the year that I was uh, at the Rock Academy, uh, my career was actually yeah, getting to the next level. I had a few releases on Sneakers Music, which was the, one of the biggest labels here in Holland at the time. Uh, they also had a lot of parties, so I also played at the parties as well. So my name got bigger and bigger at the time. Um, and this was during the year on my school. Uh, so after one year on school, I just asked my teachers, like, hey, I'm here on school to be able to make a living out of music, but I feel like you're, you guys are holding me back in my career because I need to cancel uh, remix uh, requests or whatsoever because I need to learn music theory or music history or whatsoever. So I decided to quit uh, and decided to go uh, completely for my own career and to try to do it on my own. I actually never regret that decision because it all worked out for me in the end. So from there it all started actually. Um, I just put in even more work than before because I was completely dedicated to this. I had a lot more knowledge from the Rock Academy and I was starting to work on my career, starting to work on my network and did a lot more gigs. Uh, I got my, fir my first booking agency. I quitted my residency here in my hometown uh, because I wanted to do like gigs, like really one, two hour gigs instead of complete full evenings uh, and only play the music that I wanted to play as in house music at the time. So yeah, I decided to, uh, to, have, yeah, to, to search for a booker uh, which could help me uh, finding gigs in the house music scene here in Holland. Uh, because playing abroad wasn't really a thing back then. It was really, really special if you could do that. Um, it, w it was more normal to have like two or three gigs on an evening here in Holland because it's such a small country and you can do like two or three gigs a day, maybe even four in festival seasons. Um, so that's where I decided to do uh, to quit doing the full the all-nighters and uh, decided to go with the DJ set for one or two hours. He's quit his residency playing two to three shows a week and driving all around the Netherlands. Then he gets this one email which changes everything. I just got this email from a guy, uh, it's called Ricardo. He was the owner of Soul Candy Records at the, at the time, which is uh, one of the biggest uh, dance labels in South Africa, and biggest dis distributors. He licensed some of my tracks and released them in South Africa and they were doing really well there. 
uh, and he decided to get me over and to to uh, to give me uh, I think it was three, yeah three gigs, uh, three different cities, three gigs. How did you feel when you saw that email? The fact that you are making music in your own bedroom and that ends up in being booked in South Africa, you know, that's the other side of the world and they're paying money for you to get you over, they're paying for your ticket, they're paying for everything and you, you even get a salary out of it as well, you know, so at the time it was crazy for me. Uh, my parents were a bit um, scared because they didn't have any idea what what was going on. And uh, I was, I think I was 20, something like that. 20, wow. Yeah, yeah. so they they needed to send their son to South Africa to someone they have <laughs> never seen before. Someone who just told them on email, like, okay, I'm going to book your, your, your son and I'm going to pay like, uh, let's say, 3,000 euros for him. I'm going to pay for his flight and his hotels and it's all going to be okay. At the same time this tour was booked, the 2010 Iceland volcanic eruptions happened, delaying air travel across Europe. It almost didn't happen. All the flights were cancelled, but luckily I could get one flight uh, from Germany to South Africa, uh, but it led to cancelling one gig because uh, it it just left two days later than uh, my original date. It was crazy for me because it was really nice. Ricardo was a really nice guy who... uh, treated me as a as family and as a as his son you know because i was like 20 years old uh, he showed me the company where he was uh, he was the owner of and where my where my records got released um yeah it was, it was a really nice experience um and from there it's just everything started yeah going harder and harder because i started releasing more tracks on bigger labels uh uh, after I think a year or two, I did a, a collaboration with Hardwell on uh, his label Revealed, um, and, and I did a lot of other releases on his label. Um, I started my own label called Gold Dubbed Records. Afterwards, I toured the whole world. Actually, I went to to America a few times. I went to Asia a couple of times. Uh, Europe, a lot of gigs. It's it's been crazy, you know. It's just crazy to see. Uh, where things have gone in in, uh, in in the past 10 years because when I started all this, I could have never imagined how this all would have ended. I have to interject here because what you're about to hear next is a real life story about what Joey faced as a world touring DJ. This is not something that artists will post about to social media. Why did it come to an end for Joey? A better question, why did he choose for it to come to an end? You were in India, right? I, I had to do a five-day tour, three cities, five days. Uh, and the week before I went to India, I moved so to, uh, to a different house. So uh, I really had to move a lot of stuff and I had to do a lot of things like painting everything. And so it was a really crazy week. Um, physically and mentally, it was really crazy. And I just slept one day in my new house. And I had then I had to go to India for five days on my own. I was always traveling on my own. But India as a country, you know, it's really beautiful. But at that moment, it was like one big hell to me because everything is different from the things that we know, you know. Temperatures, crazy. It's really hot. It's really moist everywhere. There's a lot of people on the streets. It's not as clean as we are used to here in Europe. The food is different. Everything there is different uh, from the place where I live here in Holland. Uh, which isn't uh, a bad thing, but at that moment, I just wasn't ready mentally and physically to deal with all those kind of things, you know, and also had to perform and I, I just, I just collapsed. I just really collapsed. And, um, 
actually it came to the point where um i think it already was the first day like i just collapsed you know my my body was was uh, was going down and i had my, everything was done um and somehow i did i did pull it up to do the um, to do the gigs because of course i still had to do the gigs uh, but it actually, I didn't remember anything when I came back. The only thing that I could remember that I was that I was crying and crying in my hotel room. Uh, and when I was in my hotel room, I had my iPad next to me uh, with my uh, girlfriend or with my mother, and just talking to them. And even when we, we weren't talking, you know, the camera was on because I wanted to have the feeling that someone was near me. If you have a look at the photos uh, from the gigs, you don't see anything on my face as in I'm smiling and I'm having a good time and I'm doing photos with fans and it, it, you don't see it on my face that something's happening with me or something isn't going wrong with me, but I actually can't remember anything of it. So there's this crisis moment, one of the highest yet lowest points in Joey's career and perhaps even life. What you're about to hear next is how Joey dealt with all of this and the process of self-discovery and reflection that he had to go through. So when I came back to Holland after the five days, there was a moment for me where I decided like, okay, something is going wrong. I didn't know what was what went wrong or what was going wrong. I just knew that my body was com- completely uh, destructed, as in everything was doing weird shit, and I was sweating and shaking, and yeah, it just wasn't good. That was something that I did know. So my first thought was, okay, I need to go to a psychologist because, yeah, he, he probably can help me with this. Uh, it ended up not really helpful, as in they did help me explaining like uh, what panic attacks were and, and anxiety was and what you can do to uh, deal with it uh, and where it comes from. That's always also really important. Um, but after that, you know, the problem was this all happened like the India uh, India tour all happened in May. Uh, and it was my like the, the the biggest point of my career because I, that that summer I needed to play Tomorrowland, Creamfields, Ibiza. Uh, I needed to do a, a two-week tour in Asia. I need to go to the States. So it was a really big and important summer for me. And this all happened in May. So at the beginning of my biggest summer and the biggest moment of my career, I just ended up being completely down. Um, and I was wondering like, okay, how the hell am I going to survive this summer? Uh, because of course you need to do the gigs. You have fans waiting for you. You really want to do it, but somehow I just couldn't, couldn't make myself do it because mentally I was just really, really tired. Joey went to the psychologist. He tried making a few changes to see if touring life was possible. He tried bringing friends with him, which he said was nice, but it didn't really make it better. He tried flying business class didn't help. So what did help? Going to a career coach and doing a personality test. When I got the, when I got the, the stats after the test, just laid it over the job that I was currently working in as a DJ, it just wasn't a match at all, you know, because I was a person that didn't like being in the in the in the spotlights, which you have to do as a DJ. I didn't like traveling, which you have to do as a DJ. Uh, all, all kinds of things just got really clear to me and I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm in a completely wrong position right now and I needed to change, I need to change something in my life. So there was no hope? No, for me there wasn't because, um, funny thing is that a year after that I had a talk with him again and he told me like, um, that I, if I had maybe a few more sessions with him, he thought he would have got me to a point where I could uh, be a DJ again. 
but I just told him like, no, I really, I really was done being a DJ, uh, and I was really ready for a new step in my life. So uh, to me, it felt like the most natural thing to do. Um, and actually, right now, I th I'm really happy and excited to the fact that I made the choice. It was it was a really hard choice because because it was something I've been working on ten years of my life, and it was it was some some kind of goal for me. Uh, to be successful as a DJ and to to make a living out of making music, uh, which I actually uh, actually succeeded in for ten years, but until the point where I had to burn out and everything got clear to me, as in yeah, this is not something that fits me as a, as a person and it doesn't suit me as a person, and this is not something I could do for the next ten years. So I need to make a change in my life and I need to make the decision to quit DJing and to find something different. How on earth do you figure out where to go next? Joey explains. My parents told me like, you know what? I think you need like um, something to level with uh, with the world again, because you've always lived in this, this music industry in a world that isn't really the normal world, you know? Uh, traveling the world every day isn't the most normal thing on earth. Um, people paying for you to play music isn't the most normal thing on earth. Uh, the, 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 the price and the fees that are being paid for you are the most normal prices for being paid, you know, because th those are all things I've always thought that I was a, um, like a, like a, a normal guy who understood that the things and the world that he was living in wasn't the real deal as in, uh, not the normal people, um, yeah, had different salaries and didn't have the option to play around the world and to travel and to earn money and, I always thought I was, uh, I was really, I knew that, you know, I knew, I knew that I was doing something special, but somehow it really got to me as in when I, um, when I was done and I need, I needed to have a different job. My parents told me to go working in, uh, in a factory just to see, just to level with, with other people, you know, like just to see how it is to work with colleagues and to have normal times and to have a normal salary. And especially in the beginning, I was really having a hard time um, with, especially with the salary, of course, because I was I was used to playing uh, an hour and a half and getting like three, two to three thousand euros, which is crazy, of course, because, like for instance, my dad or something uh, earns this in a complete month, uh, and it's crazy to to see that you have to work so many hours to get the same amount of money. So this was something for me that was fucking with my mind at the moment because I just I just couldn't get over the fact that it was so weird and um, some part of me just kept telling me like no you have to go back DJing because it's so easy to make money and the other part of me was telling me like no you're done with this and it was a complete fight with myself for three months um, to see what I want and to get me out of that music industry and to level again with society actually. Uh, it might it might sound a bit weird and a bit spoiled, but uh, I just never thought it, the music industry got to me in that way because I've always realized that it was special and it, that it wasn't normal. But somehow it did get to me, and I was really having a hard time to yeah level with society again. Joey ended up working at the factory for six months, which he said he really liked because he could come home and just switch off. But after six months, he knew he had to move on. And then I came to the decision, like, okay, what could I do? Because I have my experience as a DJ and as an artist for the, for the past 10 years. I've started my own label. I've been traveling the world. I've started from zero and ended up as a pretty, pretty nice name in the industry. 
I didn't have any uh, graduation papers because I quit school. So that was a problem for me. Uh, and I just needed to find like a way like, okay, this is what I have and what are the possibilities that I wanted to do. And then I actually came up like, you know what, why don't I create something from my experience as in the good and the bad mm. experience that I had in the music industry? And why don't I create something uh, from which I can help people uh, such as artists, such as, such as DJs and producers to help them during their career by my mistakes and my, you know, my experience as a DJ and my, my good choices and my bad choices. And I decided to, <coughs> to start uh, artist coaching actually. So yeah, that's my, uh, my 10 year long story. <laughs> wow. That's insane. Um, it's, it's quite, it's quite a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> do you know any other people who've had a similar story who do get burned out and do get to the point where they're like, this isn't for me. I do know a few DJs who also had a burnout, but they decided to continue such as Hartwell, such as Nicky Romero, uh, Martin Garrix. Those guys are really made to be a DJ. Those guys are made to be an artist. They love the traveling part. They love being in the spotlights. They love making music all day long. They love having fans. Those were all things that I just never felt comfortable with. And if you don't feel comfortable with those things, you know, after 10 years, it's going to melt you down. You mentioned that there were uh, early on, there were choices you had to make that you didn't want to make. What were those? Getting bigger means traveling more, means getting away from home more, means uh, more pressure, more social media pressure. Um, actually, all the things that I really didn't like. So I needed to make choices uh, for my career. But in the same time, I didn't want to get bigger because I didn't want to travel more and I didn't want to go away from home more and uh, yeah, be more famous, you know. So uh, from one side, I needed to make the, the choices to get my company bigger, to make my brand bigger, uh, which was something that I wanted to because more money is also good, you know. We have a few professional artists listening to this podcast. What advice would you give to them to like avoid burnout or perhaps make the situation a little bit easier or better? Listen to your body. When, you're, when you have like a complete stress that means your body is telling you something is going wrong somewhere and it's up to you to find out what's going wrong. Is it the fact that you haven't slept for 10 days? Is it the fact that you're, that you're, that you're eating shit? Uh, is it the fact that, you're, uh, that you have to play a lot? Or, you know, if, if your body is giving you signs, some, that means something is going wrong and it's up to you to find out what's going wrong. So listening to your body is really, really important um, because that's the way your mind communicates, you know, because your mind can can talk to you so it just communicates to your body so telling you something is going wrong you need to do something which actually happened to me as well because my body just collapsed and that was so you you physically you physically collapsed yeah my i physically wow. collapsed yeah in india i just went uh in india i was completely uh like sick as in uh, my stomach was was completely sick uh i had to throw up a lot uh so yeah, I just got sick. And afterwards, when I got back in Holland, my upper body, I, I couldn't move my upper body anymore because all, all my muscles were completely tight. Uh, so, so I had to go to uh, yeah, some guy now, I don't know what, what's the, what the name is in English, but some guy who's just uh, cracking all your bones, you know, like <laughs> try to make decisions that are best for you and uh, that are in your best interest, not in the best interest for your, for your management or booker or whatsoever. Just always think about yourself in this business. Don't always think about the money. Money isn't really important. Something that I've really learned in the last few years is 
life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And it's something you should keep in mind always. We talked for a bit about why it's important that people know who they are and whether they're actually suited to the goal they're trying to achieve. But what you're about to hear next is something I think everybody should think about. Testing. One, one thing that I love, and I heard this on another podcast, you need to test things. So if you think, oh, I, I think living in the city like would be good for me, instead of signing a two-year lease on an apartment in the city, why don't you just stay for two weeks in an Airbnb in the city, act like a city person and see what it's like? If you think that being a, being a touring DJ is going to be good for you, why not travel for like a couple of weeks, play a few shows and see if you actually like it? Exactly. You know, the problem is a lot of people think they, they think and they think and they think and they have ideas and they start thinking about how things would go and how things would work out if they move to the city, if they move to the suburbs, if they start being a DJ, if they start being uh, like, a, like an entrepreneur whatsoever. But you would never know how things would work out in, instead of just try it, you know. When you try it, you know, your, your body and your mind will instantly tell you, I'm comfortable doing this. I'm not comfortable doing this. You can feel it instantly after one minute. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. When, like when you decide to, uh, if you want to move to the to the city and you rent a you rent a place for two weeks, and after being one day in the city, you can already tell <laughs> I am not really in my place right here. And then you've got two weeks; it's fine. Like you can just move back. Sure, you can move back, but then you know that's not your place. So you should you should go and search for something else. And that's the same with jobs as well. But that's the same with everything in life. Like it's the same with food, you know. Like, how would you know if you like uh, if you like carrots if you've never tasted one? <laughs> yeah, you don't right? you don't go and buy ten kilograms of carrots, assuming yeah. that you like them. You first try one, and if you like it, you buy ten kilos of it. If yeah. you don't like it, you don't buy anything of it. The problem here is that people need to get out of their comfort zones, which is really scary. Now we move on to what Joey actually does as an artist coach. Take a listen to the reason why he started it and his approach. My mom always told me, like, you need to become a teacher. And I always said, like, mom, I don't like to be a teacher, no. But you know what I do like is talking in front of, in front of people um, and helping people and teaching people other stuff. That's something that I really liked for my, yeah, my whole life, actually. So that's when I thought, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to combine all these things and I'm going to start something and I'm going to try to take out all the things that I didn't like in the music industry and make a new business out of it. And that was artist coaching for me. Uh, and what the key things for me were uh, is that I need to become neutral. Uh, I, need to be, I need to become a neutral partner, as in if you ask advice to me, um, I have a look with you what's best for you and what's best for your brand and and not uh, what's best for the management or what's best for the booker because the other thing that's really important to me is like I work on an hourly fee and not on a percentage base and that's something that I really hated as well everybody's in the, in the music industry is working on a percentage base um, but I just really never got it you know like for a booker I kind of get it but for management I just never felt like this is the right way of working for me um, so I, th I thought like, you know what, I'm just going to work on an hourly fee so people know what to expect and people know what to pay. And, you know, it's really clear to me. So if we have a talk uh, about your career, let's say you have problems with your management or you get a big deal um, and you ask me like, what's, what's best for me? 
I have no interest in what the amount of money is you're going to make out of this. You know, if the deal is about 1 million, I don't care. If the, mil- if the deal is about 1,000 euros, I don't care because I don't have any interest in your company. I just get my hourly fee and that's it. I'm just going to have a look with you like, okay, what's the best for your career? What's the best for your brand? And of course, what's the thing you would like? Because that's the most important thing. What's the decision you would like to make? I think that's something that isn't really happening in this industry right now, and that, and something that is that's something that is really important to me. Um, and it's also as uh, I don't work with any, with any agreements, so you don't you don't have to sign anything because that's also something that I never liked in this industry. Whatever you do in this industry, you always have to sign for one year, two years, three years. And I just never thought I just never thought that was a nice idea. I just yeah, I just I just like to work with people that I trust. And I think if you trust someone, you don't need an agreement. I also use my network to help people. So if, let's say, um, someone's in coaching with me and they've they've created a track that I really like, and I think maybe it's uh, the perfect track for Revealed, and I know someone at Revealed, and I can send a track to those to that person, uh, then I will, you know, I, because I think it's really important to connect people who can do something, who can, uh, who are really creative, and who can, yeah, add some value to someone else's life. If people want to learn more about you um, and more about your artist coaching, where can they go? First of all, they could go to my website. That's artistcoaching.nl, not .com. It's .nl. Uh, but you can also uh, follow me on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. I'm the most active on Snapchat and Instagram. Um, and if you would like to ask me anything regarding the music industry, I'm doing Q&As every week on Facebook, just live Q&A. So uh, try to check in one of those just to ask me anything you would like to ask me uh, but you can also send me a message on instagram direct or f- through snapchat or whatsoever just send me a message and i try to get back to you as soon as possible uh, and if you're interested in the coaching just go to my website and fill in the contact form um i must i also must say that i don't coach anyone uh, of any uh, uh, just i need to find out like i really need to like your music you know because i need to believe in you as in i need to know that your music is good enough because I don't work with any, any, everyone, you know, I need to have, uh, yeah, you, so you could send me an email uh, through the website and I'll check everything and uh, try to get back to you as soon as possible. So there you have it, a story about success, burnout and pivoting to a new career. I hope you took something away from this chat with Joey and I'd love to know what you thought of the different format. Please comment on this episode with your thoughts or send me a tweet at EDMProd. Until next time, keep hustling. Keep producing.